Welcome to Disciple Life, the Bible in Everyday Life, a podcast that aims to provide listeners with insights on how to live life as a disciple of Christ. This show tackles various topics such as how to grow in faith, deepen relationships with God and others, and serve others in a Christ-like manner. Welcome to Disciple Life, the Bible in Everyday Life. I am your host, Carlos Garduño, and sitting to my left, I have our wonderful Wonder Woman of secretary, assistant, uh, wonderful person all the way around, Sydney Weil. Now, Sydney, what took place yesterday uh, during the Sunday service that we are rejoicing for? Um, We had a a young girl named uh, Johanna Rios um, come forward uh, a few weeks ago. Um, at a, a worship service and uh, at First Baptist Church Casterville. Um, and the Lord had just been working on her. Um, and her sister brought her to this church around Christmas time, I believe. Um, and through being brought to this church, she's been able to hear about Jesus. And so she said she wanted to take her first steps um, in obedience and follow him. And so she got baptized yesterday. Amen. And so it was really awesome. And so we'd rejoice. And then the week prior to, we had the baptism of Brother Richard Ramirez. Mm-hmm. And he had about a pew and a half full of people who stood up when and, the pastor... And right? Swayze Muniz. Oh, that's right. And Swayze as well. So we've seen a number of lives, younger and older, um, being transformed by the radical power of the Holy Spirit working amongst His people here at this church. And we know that it is not the pastor, it's not anything other than God is showing His grace and mercy to those who are surrendering their lives and following in obedience. So we, we rejoice. Yeah. That's, that's worthy of celebration in itself. And then yesterday, we also had Pastor Dan reading a number of names out of the last portion of chapter 3 in the Gospel of Luke. And uh, I don't know if people, I was listening uh, as I was going to HEV because I was preparing for a meeting happening right after church, the last service. And it was very funny to just hear the reading of all the names all the way from Joseph, the father, all the way back to an Adam, the son of God. I mean, I kind of laughed because everyone else, I looked around to see if they were laughing, like chuckling a little bit and everyone's faces were straight. And so that made me kind of chuckle even harder. I was like, man, he's actually saying these names really well. Yes, yes, he did. He did a good job. And so uh, we also want to continue with what does the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ mean for us as individuals? And what does it mean uh, that Jesus was uh, resurrected and in very real ways, not mm-hmm. just in the what some people might think are platitudes that Christians give, but uh, kind what of is, the, what does the word platitude mean? Meaning simply just to give some empty phrase that people uh, may think has a lot of meaning, but necessar- not necessarily to some to others. So, for example, one of the things that we know and confess is that Jesus Christ was raised from the grave, that he is the firstborn from the dead, uh, and that to to dispel any confusion. That in the Bible we see a number of people being resurrected, even in the Old Testament, but all of them died again. Jesus Christ is the first to be resurrected and live forevermore. And so we want to, we confess that. And sometimes, even to Pastor Dan's point, last week during the podcast, 
people do not fully understand and there's a very present need to understand what resurrection means for us mm. and so what are your thoughts what are your thoughts on resurrection let's start there like sure. what does that mean for us um my thoughts on resurrection um the reason um tell me if i'm wrong um because obviously I don't know anything, so I'd, I'll play the dumb person here. Don't listen to her. Um, <laughs> she, she's she's well, very well versed in the Bible. We're not really. For that. Um, not really, but... Keep um, Okay. <laughs> um, the reason that we even have death in the first place is because of sin. Um, and, like, we were not in, created to die, um, you could say. And so... For Jesus to be raised again is because he is sinless. Right. Like that, I, I don't know how to say this besides the fact that he really can't die. He, he was raised again because there's just how pure um, and righteous he is. Um, and so what that means for us is he died as our perfect sacrifice and the perfect atonement for our sins. Um, I was thinking about this today, but... Um, I think there's a song, maybe. Uh, I think it comes from Colossians chapter 1, but it's um, in him and through him and for him are all things. Oh, yeah. um, and so I thought it was only right that in his sacrifice and through him and for him, it's only right that we can be reconciled back to the Father. Hmm. And so I was like, um, yeah, that's what resurrection means for me. It means being brought back into right relationship with Jesus and being every single day more and more um, put back together by him. That's I like that idea, the brokenness of humanity and how he puts us back together Yeah. Uh, after we have been broken. Uh, one of the things that I like about the way that Pastor Dan is leading us through Scripture and even as he's taking his time in leading us through the book of Luke, I love the correlation to the Old Testament. And so, for example, when we read Isaiah 53, we read of Jesus going into this suffering, this particular path of suffering so that those who would be uh, placing his faith in, on him would give, uh, would be given by God this reprieve from the ultimate penalty for sin which whether people are, are, are willing to accept it or not, God is holy. If we confess that God exists, then we know that one of the markers of being God is you have to be totally separate from everything created. God is holy. That's holiness. But also there's this element of in bringing us back, God cannot overlook sin. And one of the things that the resurrection proves for everyone who's willing to put it to the test, meaning the whole volume of the Bible, without trying to justify whether it's through any type of criticism and not necessarily that you say it's not true, but actually putting the Bible to the test by his, historical examination through literary examination or any other way of analyzing scripture, there's something that constantly remains true is that the message of God for his people is one of, and I have taken the punishment that you may have eternal life. And so, as we see this, resurrection for me, as I, as I understand the Bible, it means 
similar to what you're saying is that we are being put together, but we are being put together with a purpose. Much like there was a purpose in the beginning in the Garden of Eden. We have a purpose now under the covenant that we have because of the blood of Jesus yeah. to go to the world and to proclaim the good news. And in so doing, to teach people the word of God. And as the Holy Spirit leads people to repent, to confess their sin, and to confess that Christ is Lord, then for us to baptize them, much like we saw in the baptism of Jesus. Again, Jesus was not sinful much like John, Pastor Dan was alluding to very evidently yesterday or on Sunday the 23rd, that Jesus did not sin. He did not need to be baptized, but he does the baptism by immersion to lead the way and showing us what does it look like to surrender to the Father, even as God the Son surrenders to his heavenly Father. Mm. And in so doing, showing us the way to to see, to say, to let us see that it, it is possible for us to have eternal life. That it is possible for us to have a relationship, which is the one key aspect of the resurrection. It's hard to have a relationship with anyone who is deceased. Yeah, absolutely. It is quite a different story to have an, a relationship with someone who lives eternally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm just. This is the way I think. So I'm sorry if I'm throwing anyone for a loop. No, no, it's really good. So, I see that you turn into the Gospel of John. What came up to mind? What came to mind? You were speaking about the resurrection and how um, we have been reconciled to to Jesus um, and set apart for this holy purpose. And I, um, I just couldn't help but think of all the love that is there, and what he says after his resurrection. Um, and um, right here, uh, your Bible is open, and a word that just kept catching my eye is servant, exalted servant, the mm -hmm. suffering servant. Um, <laughs> right here, Jesus washes the disciples' feet, and how he led the way in showing us, like in, in baptism, um, he, him being a, ser a servant leader. Um, anyways, I was going to, let me read something. Go for it. Um, but it's from John chapter 14, and um, there's just so much love here for us and intentionality and care. It's just beautiful. Um, but it's Jesus saying, uh, let not your hearts be troubled. Mm. Um, believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? Like, he's preparing a place for us. And if I could go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, mm. and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you, would, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, do know him and have seen him. Mm. Beautiful. That's a good word. Yeah. It just shows so much of the love that God has for us and 
I don't know, I think of the cross and the same type of correlation of we crossed our legs at the same yeah, time. Uh, it's like we're getting ready now. Oh, man. Um, anyways, I, just that type of love that's shown in this passage and um, seeing the servant and just shows um, so long I thought God was just some angry guy in the sky and how could he ever really genuinely desire a relationship for me? And then it's like, no. The Father's will was for Jesus to come and die so that we might have life in Him. And His heart is gentle and lowly, and He desires to, He doesn't desire for anyone to perish. He desires for all to know Him and be brought back to Him for what they were created for, to be in a right relationship with Him. Hmm. Um, and so anyway, it's reading that passage just shows so much of the love that was shown on the cross by Jesus. Um, anyways. Wow. So in light of this great love, this, this, this servanthood of Christ going to the cross, what should be the implications of the resurrection upon our lives in very practical ways? What do you think would be a good start for us to lead a life as a follower of Christ under the auspices, under the light of the resurrection? Hmm. I think you might answer this well. I know, but I, I asked the question first. <laughs> um, so basically, talking through the question, basically, um, with Jesus living this life of servant leadership, how does this impact us now? Right. Okay. How can we lead a life under the umbrella, if you will? of his resurrection because that's that's the answer of what does it mean for us uh, when Jesus was resurrected from the dead so how do we live under that truth hmm that's good um, well Jesus loved us enough not to leave us the same and so with the Holy Spirit um, I mean Jesus provided his word the Holy Spirit like I uh, we have both of those to guide us and to teach us um, and um, allowing the Lord to lead us. I mean, this um, coming to um, follow Jesus and um, know Jesus, um, is the audio okay? No, you keep going. You're doing great. Okay. It's fine. Okay. Um, Coming to follow Jesus um, and know Jesus, um, you can't get there without understanding um, the love of God. No matter, um, I don't think we'll fully come to the lens of understanding the depths of His love, but um, you can't wake up one day and be like, um, I'm going to follow God and just follow all these rules. Um, you'll get tired real quick mm -hmm. um, and you'll feel like you're acting. Um, and God didn't die for you to be an actor. He uh, died for you to genuinely know Him and be changed by Him. Um, so I honestly, I just think it's becoming a servant and surrendering to Jesus daily and dying to ourselves um, and following the example that Christ uh, laid for us to follow. I think that's very good. I really like how you started this with saying, um, we cannot be the same once we meet once we know who Jesus is and how he was resurrected that we 
we are changed. And so I wonder if, if, we, if we as a church, not just First Baptist Divine, but as the church that confesses that Christ is Lord, that He is the Son of God, that He Himself is God, co-equal with the Father, very God of very God and very man of very man, how do we then how do we then not just lead a life that again as you 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 answered further into your your statement where we're not acting so what would a christian not acting look like what would be some of those markers that would identify the this person's living the resurrected life and this person is just putting on a show Hmm. I think it's your turn to answer the question. But see, I'm asking all the questions, <laughs> and I don't want to just—I don't want to come across as people are saying, "Man, he's asking questions so he can give an answer to them." So, just do you have an answer, just in brief, like one thing that you think might be a good marker, and then I can we can go back and forward. Sure. Um, a good marker. Um, I think someone who is just. Um, like it, it's like a cup that just keeps overflowing. Like when you meet them, it's like it's almost like you're meeting a little bit of Jesus um, mm. in a cheesy way. Um, but it's like someone who is just so in love with Jesus and the presence of God. Um, and I think that's that's a good marker. You can just very clearly tell. And it's not it's not being boasted by what they know or whatnot. It's just how they live their life, every single step. Mm, that's good. I think for me it's walking in repentance. Uh, one mm. of the markers would be to live a, a life of repentance. And for the audience, I'm not trying to say here, like, uh, as I share with people, I'm a former Roman Catholic. And so I'm not saying that you need to be castigating yourself or putting yourself under the duress of punishment so as to make sure that God is pleased with you, but rather a life of repentance is one where we are aware of what who we were, we are aware of who Jesus is, and to Sydney's earlier point, we are aware of who we are now because of Christ. That, that's a life of repentance, where we know that we're not perfect, but we are being perfected, and therefore no one's perfect. And that allows us, because of this awareness of our fallenness, but yet being redeemed, and then being actively redeemed by God and the Holy Spirit, because of the, the ministry of Jesus Christ, the Son, then we are seeking to receive grace, but also to give grace. We are seeking to restore relationships with broken, but also to restore relationships that have been broken with us. <laughs> and I think that's, that's a hard thing. It's, it's, it goes back to the idea of being wise as serpents, but gentle like doves, uh, to being you know, salt and light in the world, and almost like putting all of the teachings that Jesus gave to his apostles and disciples when he walked on the earth for, during his earthly ministry. Uh, putting them together and, and putting and, and letting that kind of show in the way that we treat each other when we offend each other without intending to or when we falter and we offend someone in the way of our conduct in public 
that we don't seek to just simply justify ourselves, but we simply look to apologize and to elevate that person to a place where they're not offended um, at, at our expense. <coughs> Sorry. No, 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 you're good. Uh, I see you thinking, so. Yeah. Go ahead. One of the most beautiful um, memories I'll ever have in my entire life, and I was so not expecting it this day, um, but I went to a church I used to go to um, mm -hmm. in Irving, and this song is my first time ever hearing it, um, but they were playing it um, and uh, very intentional towards um, right before the sermon comes, they have a song that um, plays and it's um, that's like the altar song. And so it's like, um, if you have something to confess, come and lay it down. Um, and so they were, they were playing Christ our treasure and this congregation about the size of ours is just screaming, like not screaming, but like, loudly proclaiming Christ our treasure, there is none like you. And people, kids, like teenagers, college students, older people, and they just, they're coming down to the altar and weeping. And then people coming from the, the pews and coming behind them as like the church and laying their hands on them and praying with them. And then if there was any, like there was at least two people, but they actually, were hugging and crying and they they went outside the doors and I guess they talked through what was going on um, and then they came back and they were um, perfectly fine it was the girl sitting next to me that was but it was just so much confession and repentance and these people just the church coming back and putting their hand on them like supporting them and it was being resolved through Christ and it was just so absolutely beautiful Hmm. You were speaking about all this, and I just this image popped up in my head, and I was like, "This is probably one of my favorite memories I've ever had." Uh, but I was just standing there, completely in awe of just God and how He's working. And oh, man, it's awesome. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to get us off track. No, I think that's actually on track. I, I appreciate the fact that such a memory happened in a church, and where you see that confession. It's not just between two different people, like a priest and a churchgoer, but rather that confession can be corporate, where you confess not only your sin, but you confess the the reason why the sin is no longer in power, yeah. or it has some sort of hold on you, because you're confessing Christ. Uh, I also believe, based on what you're saying, that the resurrection has a very strong power in the life of the Christian because it is quite literally a renewal for the person. Mm. Um, and that's something that we confess every time someone comes into the waters of baptism is that we do not teach that baptism saves, but we teach that baptism is the first step of public obedience to declare that the old man has died, the old woman has died and Christ now lives in that man or woman, that young boy or young girl. And so the resurrection calls us to a place of recreation and renewal, where we are no longer held by the sins of the past. We may have to deal with the consequences, and those may then be step, step stones for growth spiritually, emotionally. But because of God's power, we have been given a great opportunity through re the resurrection of Christ to see that our lives do not end simply with our mistakes, yeah. 
it does it does not end with our worst moments but it looks to a glorious future because of what God did through his suffering giving us access to eternal joy hmm. Hmm. yeah I think um maybe just application for the listener um, the, the way that I put that into um, practice often is I will get thoughts in my head um, like Sydney you used to do blah 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 or you used to be this way and then I'll get super down um, and then I'll say no you are no longer that way anymore like you are a child of God now um, that sounds cheesy um, but I want to put this into perspective with a verse. Uh, it's Galatians 2, uh, 20. But it says, um, I have been crucified. Excuse me. You're okay. Excuse me again. <laughs> no. Twice <laughs> um, in a row. I'm just kidding. I'm, gl I'm glad I still have a job. I, I sneezed a lot this morning. <laughs> Dana got tired of telling me. <laughs> it's okay. Just, uh, but you it? were reading Galatians. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyways, um, knowing this verse and believing this verse is so detrimental to the Christian, like with everything inside of you. Um, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who mm. lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Mic drop. Pretty much. There's a song I was listening to recently. Um, it's by a more a charismatic group, um, but they had a lyric in the the song, um, and it was basically it was talking about a uh, communion, um, and it was basically about how Jesus is like closer than our skin. Hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, like he's literally like ah, and just the heart of God, and just. He's so like, just talk to me, come to me. I want to love you. I want to be there for you. I want to help you. I want to be a friend that corrects you. I want to lovingly put you in the right directions. Like I want to, I want to. And it's like, oh my gosh. Like how, why we are so lucky. Uh, not even, lucky is not the word I want to use. We are so blessed to have such a very good God. Right. Yeah. Which kind of comes back to something I think you said during the last podcast that the love of God is a very matrimonial type of love. And so yeah. much like a groom chooses his bride for to be his wife, so Christ had the, the pick of every single created being, and he could have been very choosy yeah. and particular. And rather than selecting the most beautiful anything in the world, he picks a church that is made out of people who are broken and tattered yeah. and mistreated and rebels at the heart. And that shows the type of love that really emanates from God, yeah. which outside of the experience of brokenness, we would not be able to fully enjoy or comprehend because we would not see the stark contrast that it has with sin or the stark contrast that it has with suffering and pain and want when God is the source of all abundance, all love, all joy, um, of all the good in the world. Quite, quite 
quite literally good, the good of the universe. And so I think that's, that's impacting to us. Um, I would like to encourage the audience to see that the resurrection and to, and to understand that the resurrection is not just a concept, but it is a real event that has real life implications for each one of us. Yeah. And it's not the it's not just the singing of hymns or worship songs, whether you are you were born in the nineteen sixties or nineteen seventies or whether you are a young whippersnapper born two thousand. Yeah, two thousand or even two thousand and ten. Um, the idea is that the resurrection of Jesus allows us to know God in a very real way. And it opens the door, like you, you read from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, to know that if God went to be with the Father after His resurrection, that we will have a place with Him. And yet it is not just waiting for a... Um, it's not just waiting for the moment where Christ returns and He takes us home, but rather, even as we are here, uh, much like uh, Mordecai, tells Esther in the book of Esther, um, perhaps you have been born for a time such as this. Uh, and so God has called us out of darkness into the glorious light of salvation for a, such a time as this where mm. there are almost 8 billion people in the world, where there are many people who teach a false Christ, a false gospel. And we who have been given the, the beauty of knowing the God of Scripture through the person of Jesus Christ can then turn to our neighbor, whether it's in Divine Texas, in Medina County, in the state of Texas, or in the United States, or throughout the world, and proclaim the name of Christ to the nations. The resurrection matters because it is God's way of affirming that He is God that Allah is not God. Buddha was nowhere near to being close to God. No other religion in the world, whether mythological or psychological or any other type of root or even um, anthropologic, anthrop anthropological studies, uh, none of those have any type of footing because we can go and see where those who came up with the tenants have been buried and we know that they've died. But there's an empty grave in Jerusalem that proves to the world that Yahweh and Jesus Christ are the living God. And because He lives, we can have a life that's much better than anything we could ever hope for or dream of. We can face tomorrow. Amen. So, now that, that was Jesus. <laughs> if you know the reference, if you know, you know. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Any Anything that came up during yesterday's sermon? No. Um, okay. That's it. So we want to encourage you to send us comments, questions, engage with us. Uh, we are so thankful for you. We mm -hmm. do pray that this is encouraging, uplifting, and edifying to you. Um, if you have any complaints, you know where to send them carlos at fbcdivine.org I'll be more than happy to take those if you have any questions for future episodes please send them we pray and hope that as we continue to gain more subscribers people who watch and listen whether YouTube or your favorite podcast platform that 
we may glorify God and that we may see the beauty of His transformational power and ministry through the Holy Spirit to impact your lives as He very often and on a daily basis impacts ours. Until next time, may God bless you and may He keep you in the center of His will for your life. This is Disciple Life, the Bible and everyday life. Thank you for listening to Disciple Life, the Bible and everyday life with Pastors Carlos Garduño and Dan Newbert. We encourage you to send any questions for the podcast to info at fbcdivine.org or by commenting on the audio platform of your choice. We look forward to engaging with your questions during future episodes.